Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. There is just no country that presents a broader threat than China. Let's secure the border. Let's protect Americans. We've laid out the full nature of Russia's threat to Ukraine's sovereignty. We continue to urge diplomacy. If our entire southern border isn't secure, then neither is our nation. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views. It is Tuesday. Got another good program lined up for you. Uh, You know, the theme uh, of today's program, I don't know what uh, Clark entitled it on uh, Rumble, but, uh, boy, there's a uh, a lot of going on that is just improper by the Democrats related to elections. You know, it's really ironic that the whole situation with the Republicans drawing the maps, and which was a very transparent operation, and again, for the first time in decades, as much as possible, these districts and the congressional districts, the, the state house, state senate, they're, they're leaving the counties intact as much as possible. And if you look at past maps and then you look at this, the recent maps, it's, it's uh, quite impressive, uh, the job they did with keeping counties intact. And, you know, to me, and I've said for years and years, the, the more you keep things intact, the, more, the, the easier it is to follow what district is where and what district am I in and who's my representative – the easier we make that, the more participation we're going to have by the voters. And there are two articles out today, one by Mitch Kokay and the other by Donna King, both in the Carolina Journal. And, uh, boy, you know, the Carolina Journal has always been a great publication, a great service. And uh, I guess it was about back in 2021, Civitas and uh, the John Locke Foundation combine their efforts, and boy, they're just hitting it out of the park uh, day after day, week after week. The article by Donna King is just basically connects the dots. And again, it is so ironic that the Democrats are pointing the finger at Republicans and saying, oh, look how you're making this political. Look how you're just <laughs> you're just taking the whole issue of elections and you're just doing it, everything that you can possibly do to favor the Republicans. Well, guess what? First of all, it's what the Democrats have done for, for decades and decades, and our state constitution allows that to happen. And in a sense— the, it's really up to the voters of the state. They put the people up in Raleigh, and that the people in Raleigh are allowed to draw the districts, the congressional districts, the districts for the state house, the state senate. And so, in a sense, it's really the North Carolina voter that's going to draw the maps because I think part of what you consider when you go to vote for somebody is okay, are we going to have a Mel Watt snake going up I 85 <laughs> from Charlotte all the way to Raleigh? just so Mel Watt can have a, a minority-majority district. But uh, Donna King does a great job connecting things back to so many different Democrats, uh, taking it back to uh, Roy Cooper and to Josh Stein and, uh, and Eric Holder. The amount of money that's coming from George Soros, 
to organizations on the state level, how they have gone uh, and given $250,000 to Anita Earls, who's going to decide whether these maps are are legal or illegal, constitutional or unconstitutional. Uh, you take that article, and then on top of that, you take Mitch Koke's article, and basically his article does a great job looking at, first of all, Attorney General Josh Stein, whose job it is to uphold and enforce the laws that are already on the books. And, uh, and of course, prior to Josh Stein, who's been in there for five years, you had Roy Cooper, who was Attorney General, for, what, 16 years? Yeah, he was a lifer. <laughs> I mean— that's the part of the problem, too, is we got all these lifers in our public arenas and, you know, quote, public servants while they're getting rich and, and, and grabbing all the power they can get. But th- the point that uh, Mitch makes in his article is he, he talks about the fact that, you know what, right now, uh, they, they uh, Josh Stein, and again, why in the world would Josh Stein, the attorney general, submit a friend of the court brief along with the governor to the you know, to the North Carolina Supreme Court, say, uh, giving them directions of how they think the court ought to rule in the upcoming maps case, which, by the way, starts tomorrow. And if you go to uh, our uh, Eastern North Carolina News and Views website, we've got a link on there if you want to listen to it. Uh, just hit the link, and uh, it'll take you right to the. Uh, what time does that start, by the way? Mm, I, 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 think, see if you I can think figure it out. Nine a.m. I think. But uh, so if you want to, if you want to follow that, uh, you can go to our website and hear the whole thing. But he, um, again, getting back to Mitch, he just basically says, you know, what well, Cooper and Stein suggest that the North Carolina Supreme Court basically ignore the laws that are on the books. The state's highest court will hear oral arguments tomorrow in a case challenging North Carolina congressional legislative elections. Critics argue that the maps resulted from unconstitutional, quote, extreme partisan gerrymandering. <laughs> a unanimous bipartisan three-judge Superior Court panel disagreed. The panel upheld the maps. The Supreme Court, with its 4-3 Democratic majority, would have to overrule the lower courts to grant opponent, the opponent's wish. And, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't think there's any legal precedent for saying that they can't do that or they have to have a higher hurdle other than the court of public opinion Mm -hmm. and the court of public opinion i think is going to say wait a minute you had a bipartisan lower court that said the maps were fine and now you go up to a bipartisan upper court and they're going to throw it over you're going to toss toss that count among the map opponents cooper and stein both democrats In a January 21st friend of the court brief, Cooper and Stein explained why they believe the the Supreme Court should throw the maps out. Then they recommend a plan for the court to oversee new maps. So first of all, Josh Stein does not work for for Cooper. He (laughs) he is supposed to be enforcing the laws that are on the books, period, end of report. It might surprise, uh, Koke writes, it might surprise you to learn that the state law already covers this exact scenario. Chapter 120 of the North Carolina General Statutes gives a section number titled Opportunity for General Assembly to Redeem uh, Remedy uh, Defects. If the General Assembly enacts a plan apportioning or redistricting state legislative or congressional districts, in no event may the court impose its own substitute plan unless the court first gives the General Assembly a period of time to remedy any defects identified by the court in its findings of fact and conclusions of law, the statute dictates. 
That period of time shall not be less than two weeks. In summary, the General Assembly gets at least two weeks to correct any constitutional problems. And again, there is no constitutional problem. If you can find a constitutional problem with the maps that they've drawn, you're you're making it up out of whole cloth. Well, two Republicans and one Democrat judge says there was not. Yeah. So. In their brief, Cooper and Stein grant that the law grant that law little respect one might expect from the current and former North Carolina Attorney Generals. The two men suggest that the Supreme Court could give lawmakers a chance to draw new maps, but only if there is sufficient time to do so. The brief mentions General Statute 120 and uh, reference where that is found. Uh, and to the giving of the legislative two weeks to act, Cooper and Stein call that provision of the state law a request. It's not a request. It's part of the law. Later, the governor and the attorney general take aim at the law's second provision. If this court does not, this is what they say. This is what uh, Cooper and Stein say. Quote, if this court does not order new remedial plans, it should clarify those plans are not limited by section. They give the the, uh, uh, one number, the number, the section number of the general statutes. It is the provision that any that says any court-imposed maps last for a single election cycle. That provision purports this limited court's authority to remedy constitutional violations. Um, they want to ignore that as well. So Cooper and Stein are doing everything they can to shoot the bird at North Carolina state law as it relates to the drawing of these maps. And they're the ones that are going around and saying what the Republicans are doing is all political. <laughs> you know, it's, unfortunately, we've gotten accustomed in North Carolina to having an attorney general that doesn't represent the the citizenry of North Carolina who Not elect, elected them. I mean, we've gotten used to it. To your point, Josh Stein now five years prior to that, Roy Cooper 16 years. And Roy Cooper did the same thing uh, except when the Democrats were in charge of the General Assembly. He he represented the General Assembly at that point. So, I mean, we've gotten used to it. Unfortunately, that's just kind of the way it is. But, you know, I, I think the most interesting thing is that the, the maps that, that the Republicans passed and the three-judge panel approved and all that, to your point earlier about it's kept counties intact, it, it is quite possibly just – Looking at nothing but the maps, not anything behind them, saying this is the this is a reasonable looking map because things are intact. There's no these crazy lines, and for the first time in a long time, I mean, I remember back when the Democrats controlled the General Assembly, and and even prior to the uh, was it the Stevenson case. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember, and I'm someone that's taken voting seriously, followed politics my entire life. I would have to check every election. To see, you know, what was my district because it changed right. all the time. And I mean, yep. case in point, where I live now, um, I mean, it would go from okay across across the road is my district. Now back on my side of the road is my district. It'd go back and forth, back and forth, and I would just have to decide, have to look up before I go vote. That has not been the case since the Republicans have been in control, and. You know, I played a funny joke. I might have said this on the air before, but I played a funny joke on social media here a while back where you know, I posted an article that was, I think it may, may have been written by a news observer about the partisan gerrymandering maps. Right. And I posted the map. I said, yeah, we've got to get away from this partisan gerrymandering. And I posted the map, and I had all sorts of liberal friends comment on it. Well, it was the map that the Democrats <laughs> drew a few years ago. So uh, I, I think any reasonable person 
that's not just extreme partisan progressive Democrat, if they look at this objectively, uh, yeah, they would say, you know what? This, this should not be in the Supreme Court hands. We, we should already be. Oh, it's done. It, it ought to be done. It ought to be done. Now, now, what's interesting about this, too, is Stein and Cooper go on to say that the General Assembly lacks authority to place limits on this court's power. It's not the General Assembly. These are, these are the laws on the books. And yep. guess what? Guess who put these laws on the books? They were put on the books after the Stevenson case back in 2003 when it was – well, it was controlled by the Democrats. Yeah, it was. yeah, I think the Democrats controlled the Senate maybe, and it was kind of a split in the House. It was very close. And it was a Democrat governor. A Democrat governor. That's right. Just just like before the last election, our election laws was passed by a bipartisan General Assembly signed by the governor, and then he allowed Mark Elias and Eric Holder and all the other cheating Democrats on a national level to come in and change the election laws in the middle of an election. Yep. Uh, by the way, the hearings tomorrow, we've got that link posted. It starts at 930 tomorrow okay. morning. All right. Be listening. Get your ears on. Get your laptop ready to listen. We'll be talking a lot about that tomorrow. Try to listen to as much of it as I can. Hey, we're going to take an early time out, although it's not that early. We've got a, a special guest coming up at the bottom of the hour. Stay with us. More news and views coming up. This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. It is News and Views. Take a look at your weather forecast tonight. Mostly clear, low around 30. Tomorrow starts to warm up nicely. Mostly sunny with a high 58. Uh, Thursday, partly sunny, high near 70. Thursday night, a chance of rain after 1 a.m. And uh, Friday looks like it's going to be warm, but it also looks like it's going to be rainy. By the way, today is National Dark Chocolate Day. Any day with chocolate is all right with me. <laughs> I don't know if you go there, here or not. Uh, today's February the 1st, new month, new day. It's uh, also, according to uh, my notes here, it is Spunky Old Broads Day. <laughs> so no comment. I have no additional editorial comment. I'll circle comment. back on that one. <laughs> well, if you're going to be a, if you're a spunky old broad uh, and would like to call in and tell us what you're going to do tonight, <laughs> give us a call. If you're a spunky old broad, you might call in and tell us where to go. Yeah. Well, isn't that special? <laughs> I mean... Uh, weather brought to you by our friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course, full-service dining, an outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Our newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse, the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. Join now for a zero-initiation fee. Give them a call, 252-752-4653. Find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville, 252-752-4653. My hunch is... Uh, Tomorrow and Thursday, there's probably going to be some uh, folks out there trying to get a little golf in. Maybe even yours truly. Not going to happen on Thursday. That's uh, a busy day. But maybe maybe tomorrow at lunch, I'll go out and hit a few golf balls. Uh, News and Observer is reporting uh, on the financial picture of the senatorial race, the U.S. senatorial race. Interestingly, um, Ted Budd outraised his Republican primary opponents. Bud raised $968,360 compared to Pat McCory. Now, this is for the uh, most recent quarter. Compared to Pat McCory, $748,072. Political newcomer Marjorie Eastman raised $423,723. U.S. Representative Mark Walker raised 146053 You know, I, I would think—and by the way, Walker— 
and, and maybe this is the reason why he stayed in the race. You know, Walker can take the money that he raised for his Senate run, and he can use that for his congressional run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I suppose, uh, theoretically, if you really wanted him to be the senator and he didn't run for the Senate, you could go and ask for your money back. But legally, he can use that money for a number of things, including um, now he can't spend it on himself, but he can run for another office with those funds. Maybe that's why he's staying in there. If he doesn't run for another office, can he designate that to another candidate? He can. That's what and I thought. I th- and I think he can give it to charity as well. Hmm. But uh, he, uh, I wouldn't be surprised that the, you know these these numbers are not good for Walker. I, I just I, I would really be surprised if he didn't decide to go ahead and run. And what was the number on Margie Eastman? Uh, four hundred and twenty-three thousand. That's that's pretty good out of that the gate. That is really good out of the gate. I mean, the, and she said, "I might be a political newcomer, and many think this is a three-man race, but my message is resonating with voters, and the number of donations to my campaign proves it." Um, on the other side of the aisle, Beasley, who's basically the only one running as a Democrat, raised two point one million. But again, that that looks like a huge number, and it is a pretty good number for her. But she is the only individual uh, in that race of any significance. What the News and Observer did not report on this story, though, was, okay, where did the funds come from? Hmm. My hunch is a lot of Beasley's funds are coming from out of state. And I would bet it was it's a lot of max contributions from out of state, you know, max per contributor. What, oh, is, yeah. that, what is that number now? 5,400. Like 5,400, yeah. 561 Who did you say we had? Susan is on the line. Hey, Susan. Hey, Susan. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Good. Are you uh, meeting the criteria of a, a spunky old broad? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well, good for you. Congratulations. This is your day. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm happy to know that. What's on your mind? Uh, I am meeting my family for a birthday dinner for my oldest child who turns 38 day after tomorrow. Well, congratulations. Happy birthday. Well, thank it, you. Go out and enjoy. By the way, you're not going to Golden Corral, are you? No, we're not. Oh, did you see? <laughs> did you see that article about the mayhem? It was up in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, Monday night. The one they, where they ran out of steaks. Yes, yeah. they ran out of steaks, and um, literally, apparently, somebody was taking too long to select which steak they wanted, and uh, then somebody made a crack about hurry up or something. I don't know what they said. But literally, people, people they, have just gone crazy. They have gone nuts. I mean, it we looked are in like the beginning of a mass extinction. <laughs> it, it literally looked like a um, Western brawl. I, I've never had a steak at Golden Corral. I'd fight over really. <laughs> no, I agree with you. <laughs> now, for all you Golden Corral folks out there, we're not knocking your restaurant. No, just, I'm just a steak snob. I admit it. I admit it. Yeah, yeah. If I have a steak, it's. Not going to be a golden corral. So. <laughs> well, uh, happy birthday, and uh, thank you for calling up and uh, mm-hmm. sharing with us that you're a proud, spunky old broad. Have a good, to see you. Have a good dinner. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Do thank appreciate you. it. Bye-bye. Yeah, people are nuts. Hey, uh, let's take another time out. When we come back, we're going to be joined by a special guest to talk more about that lawsuit that was settled yesterday, uh, Christian Adams who is president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. We'll be with him when we get back. Stay with us.
fact and news and views. Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back in. Jay Christian Adams is the president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. The foundation is a 501c3 public interest law firm dedicated to election integrity. The foundation exists to assist states and others to aid the cause of election integrity and fight against lawlessness in American elections. He is with us on the phone. Christian, it's good to have you with us, and uh, you're calling in to the state that has a big need for services like yours. I mean, we have we have got it big time. It's pretty much election integrity and the maps that are being challenged in our North Carolina Supreme Court. In fact, that uh, that lawsuit starts tomorrow morning at 930. Um, but I wanted to talk to you first. I want to I'm going to get into that. But first, welcome in and uh, congratulations on your win yesterday concerning foreign voters voting in North Carolina. Well, thank you very much for having me. You're right. North Carolina probably is in the top couple of states that really need help. Uh, And in this particular instance, we had a win because we've been trying to get from the state the records relating to foreigners voting since 2019, and they just dug in and weren't going to give it to us. They finally capitulated. We have a settlement. It's going to be interesting to see how this is happening. Why are foreigners registering and voting in North Carolina? Is it a third-party registration drive? Is it at the DMV? We just don't know yet. Now, a lot of people listening in are, are, are probably saying, whoa, 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 what are, you, what are you talking about? Foreigners being registered and voting. Wait, that That's illegal, right? <laughs> right. It's illegal, but it's also happening. And there's no question it's happening. The question is, how bad is it? Uh, we know, for example, that 19 foreigners were indicted in North Carolina during the Trump administration uh, for registering and voting in in North Carolina. Look, it's easy to do. They don't check to see if you're a citizen. There's no citizenship verification. In fact, states who try to impose citizenship verification have been sued by groups like the ACLU. And, and, And the ACLU usually wins, I might add. So, there's no checks. If somebody goes to the election office to register to vote, they fill out a form, and all it is is the honor system. It just says, are you a U.S. citizen? And you just check the box, yes, and you get registered to vote. And uh, even if you're not a citizen, it, 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 it's a breakdown. It's not enough checks, and it's happening. And yet, if you ask a uh, progressive about fraudulent election practices yeah there's no fraud what are you talking about you're yeah you're you're smoking something there's there's no issues here what have you found now i don't know if you know specifically for north carolina how do you respond to that and what has your research found well first of all i think that's why the north carolina state board of elections was so dug in and not turning over these documents because they they subscribe to that fantasy that there's nothing ever wrong on their watch. It's a classic government defensive crouch, right? Like no government agency will admit they made a mistake. And that, unfortunately, is just how government is. But I will tell you, in other states, we have found that, uh, that, that aliens and foreigners are getting on the rolls, largely through the DMV, though not exclusively, uh, when they go to get a driver's license. They're also getting on the rolls through third-party registration drives. In other words, like at the fair or something, right. someone hands someone a, a form to fill out. 
Now, you can say this isn't happening, and I could show you hundreds upon hundreds of cases where it is. We've sued Harris County, Texas, which is Houston. We've sued Pennsylvania. We've sued places to get foreigner voting records, and we get them. We just ask government agencies, you know, give us your non-citizen cancellation records like we did in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and other states, and they turn them over, and it's clear that foreigners are getting on the voter rolls. For example, we get letters from the foreigners saying, please take me off the voter rolls. I thought I was registering for the school president election. Things like that. Wow. Wow. Uh, Kristen, this is uh, Benny Hardy here. The settlement was yesterday. So so when will the North Carolina Board of Elections uh, you know, dump this, all these documents or whatever information you're requesting? When will you get your hands on it and be able to analyze it? Well, they have 120 days to do it. And, you know, I don't know if we're going to get a truckload of documents or an envelope of documents. We'll see. Um, you know, we know that it's happening. Uh, we know that um, North Carolina has had a problem with it. So we'll get them in 120 days and be able to report back. Well, you know, one thing that I um, we, we've talked about on this show, I guess, at nauseum since last summer in North Carolina, 2020. Um, well, 2020, two years, two summers ago, the year of the election. You're probably familiar with North Carolina. You during the middle of the election when the election already started, the Attorney General of North Carolina you know, through backings of Mark Elias on a national scale, basically got our election procedures changed in the middle of the election. Um, and b- basically uh, things like absentee ballots, signatures and things like that just were not you know, verified. And so to me, it seems like, I mean, this has got to be a, a potentially a big problem in North Carolina if there's not being any due diligence and, and uh, proofing on, on the backside. And and then, as as you just mentioned, um, you know, people send out requests for absentee balance. I mean, I, I bet I got 25 in my mailbox d- during the election year. So if these things are just being passed out like hard candy at, at the uh, Christmas parade, uh, you know someone's filling them out incorrectly. And then the Board of Elections, you know, since they've changed the law, are probably not looking at them like they should. Well, you're exactly right. And that's why we set the rules of elections in advance. So everybody thinks the outcome is fair. But whenever the attorney general of North Carolina, who frankly, um, well, you know, you can guess my views of that particular attorney general, <laughs> when, when, when he's changing the rules in the middle of the game, that's not fair. That's not how we play. We, we set the rules of elections in advance so everybody buys into the outcome, right? You don't change the, you know, suddenly uh, the Kansas City Chiefs have to get 15 yards for a first down and the Bengals only need 10. You don't change the rules in the middle of the game. And that's exactly what happened in 2020. And you guys in North Carolina did not have elected officials who stood for the rule of law. Well, the problem is it wasn't elect. Well, uh, Josh Stein, our attorney general, you're right when it comes to him. But the North Carolina legislature who sets the rules for our elections basically were overridden by the state board of elections an unelected board and an appointed board an unelected board and uh total frustration and of course you can go and sue after the fact by then the election's over with right and you're one of the few states by the way that have a board south carolina has a board north carolina has a board wisconsin has a board and that's close to about it most states give their power over elections to an elected official 
that's accountable to the people, not not to the bureaucracy. And that complicates things in North Carolina because, um, you know, they can hide. They can cloud up what they're doing. And that's exactly what happened. They're not accountable. Uh, and, and you shouldn't have bureaucrats on, on a board deciding to suspend the rules in the middle of an election. Uh, I don't know if you saw in the news today, the Epic Times is reporting that a group of Democrat and Democratic aligned senators unveiled a bill that would make several changes to the 1887 Electoral Count Act, which Democrats hope will be more acceptable to some GOP moderates. Uh, listen, I, all you got to do is look at the names related to this bill. Amy Globajar, Dick Durbin, Angus King. Uh, you, you look at those names and you say, I don't know what they're going to do, but it can't be good. I mean, we have had two bills already come through the Democratic Party. Uh, Nancy Pelosi wanting to uh, change the rules. And basically, uh, both those bills would federalize state elections and now you have this okay let's figure out a new way to uh to uh, uh count up the electoral votes uh, are the democrats ever go- and, and by the way you say what you like but the system worked last time i mean it might not have been perfect you might not have liked the results but the system at the end of the day worked are the democrats ever going to finally say you know what we're we're going to let it be let the let the chips fall where they may let the people go out and vote and we'll accept the results yeah of course they won't because they want as much power in washington as possible and you referenced hr1 hr4 the john lewis act right. these other bills that were federal takeover that died thankfully um, but they're never done i will tell you though that unlike those other bills, and despite the fact, as you point out, there's some very nefarious senators who are behind this, there are, in fact, some gaps in the Electoral College Counting Act that could use uh, some clarification. Now, whether or not they're actually going to clarify those gaps and instead engage in mischief remains to be seen. I might err on the side of mischief, but uh, it is true that there are ambiguities in that law. Um, and could use some attention. I'm just not sure these are the right people to do it. <laughs> really? Thank you. <laughs> uh, how do you have enough time to stop and have supper and get a night's sleep? My gosh, you must be running 24-7 with all this going on across this country. Well, thank you for recognizing that. Um, you know, it, 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 uh, it, it, I've got an interview tonight at 10 p.m. On, on, uh, on, on another station, so... Uh, you know, you do what you can. You have good staff. Uh, we've got some of the best lawyers in the business uh, at Public Interest Legal Foundation. They know more about this area than anybody else in the country. And uh, that's what, you know, makes it possible is supportive people, too. You know, we're a charity. What's your uh, website? Publicinterestlegal.org. Okay, publicinterestlegal.org. You guys do a great job. How can our listeners get involved to help you and uh, just, I mean, our listeners, I can tell you, are interested very much in election integrity. What the, what do they need to do to make that happen? Well, two things. One, consider being a poll worker, not a poll watcher, a poll worker, because every county in North Carolina needs help, needs volunteers. And sometimes you get paid, so it's not really a volunteer. Secondly, support groups doing this. I mean, we're one of them. Public Interest Legal Foundation, but, you know, small donations help. I'll be frank. Right. How many groups are there out there that do what you do? 
Well, the truth is nobody does exactly what we do because we've been doing this for a long time. And so we've sort of driven, you know, like with the vanguard on this. Um, There's some other groups who will bring lawsuits. But I will tell you, we're like, you know, there's three or four of us and there's like 50 of the other side trying to undermine the election, right. if not 100. Right. And so we're totally outmanned. Uh, we just work smarter. You know, if you ever had to work with liberals, you know they're sort of slow. They don't really – they're not efficient. <laughs> and, and you know, they take like 10 people to do what one person can do. So I guess that's where we get our advantage. It's because it's a large percentage of government workers or, <laughs> or no, no, no private uh, experience. Uh, uh, not, not to tip your hand in what your next move is in North Carolina, but are there other things that you focus on as far as – I mean, just like we're dealing with here in North Carolina, I mean, the election map issue tomorrow being held in the Supreme Court – I mean, is there other issues other than uh, than than what you just won here that you're focusing in on a state like North Carolina? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're going to be suing a major city uh, this week that's allowing non-citizens to vote. We're going to be we're already suing a county in Maryland that is allowing children to vote. You heard that correctly. Do not adjust your dial. Wow. They're allowing children to vote for school board. And so these children are electing a child to the school board in, in, in Maryland that votes on, on all the public issues. So we're doing lots of creative cases, not just, you know, voter rolls, because the left is on a full onslaught. They're trying to normalize child voting. They're trying to normalize foreigners voting. They're trying to make sure the rolls stay dirty. It's not just one issue the left is doing, and we're confronting them wherever they're engaged in this space. When you said you're suing a city, that's not a North Carolina city. No, oh, okay. it'll be in okay. a, a, a big city that's not in North Carolina. Well, well, if it was North Carolina, I could I could guess which one it was. <laughs> I think you're probably right. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, Christian, thank you so much for what you do. Again, it's publicinterestlegal.org. Uh, go on, support them, find out more about them. Uh, it is key that we support organizations like this if we're going to have election integrity. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for having me, guys. You Thanks. bet. Stay with us. Benny and I will be right back. Ride shotgun with your 5 o'clock drive. Yeah, the drive home should be a delight. This is Tom Lamprecht with more news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. Uh, this is an interesting story out of uh, Fox News, considering it's coming from a liberal city, although what major metropolitan area is not liberal? Denver is uh, discarding their mask and vaccine proof of vaccine mandates. They're saying basically Omicron coronavirus variant has run out of fuel within our community. And uh, when the current proof of vaccination and mask mandate runs out, which I think is uh, uh, next Monday, I believe that um, they're just, uh, they're going to scrap it. So, uh, Congrats to Denver. Yeah, Denver has a Democrat mayor that you, you know, that's probably not come as a surprise. Michael Hancock. Yeah, but does he is he the one that decides that? Was that something by the board? Um, uh, the development comes as residents of the capital of Colorado have reached a seventy eight percent vaccination rate. Denver Mayor Michael Hancock announced Monday, adding hmm. that this virus is something we're going to have to manage and learn to live with. Following extensive discussions with our regional partners, as well as our current health advice and downward trajectory of cases, positivity, and hospitalizations, Denver will not be extending our public health order. Hmm. 
Good. So beginning Friday, people will no longer be required to uh, wear masks or show proof of vaccination to enter a business in Denver. Well, it's happening all over um, Europe right yeah. now. So yeah. it, and it seems like, you know, they obviously it starts over there and kind of the wave comes this way. So well, maybe. let's take a, uh, you know, let's do a little football pool. And uh, will Roy Cooper be the last of the nation to throw in the towel and say, okay, I'm, mm. I'm all about uh, clear and open and no masks. And I mean, right now the kids in school still wearing masks for the most he's part. He's got a new Mandy Cohen now, uh, whatever that title is. Um, he's got, he's a guy with the long hair. I can't think of his name, but he's got long hair. Yeah. I don't want to, uh, he's like got COVID hair. Like he hadn't had a haircut for the last two years. I, I don't want to, uh, I, I got to check my notes before I make any comments on the guy. <laughs> I don't want to say anything that's wrong. Uh, I'll tell you something that is wrong is uh, Joe Biden. Town Hall's reporting another day, another devastating poll for Joe and his administration. This time the bad news comes from Gallup. 17% of American citizens report. Now, this is not voting. This is American citizens. 17% of American citizens report being satisfied with the direction of our country. 17%. Now, what, what poll was that? Gallup. Gallup. Okay. The current 17% national satisfaction reading is the lowest Biden has had in the first year in office, coincides with his lowest job approval rating of 18%. Congressional job approval rating sagging economic confidence and the expectation that inflation will rise in the coming months. Just 4% of respondents say they were very satisfied with America's direction. 13% said they were somewhat satisfied, 51, um, 31% somewhat unsatisfied, and a majority, 51%, very unsatisfied. So um, so basically you have 82% of uh, respondents were either somewhat unsatisfied or very unsatisfied, very dissatisfied. Just uh, 30% of Democrats are satisfied with America's directions. Well, I suspect— um, just, 30, <clears throat> just 30% just <throat> 30% of Democrats— that's pretty bad. That's bad. I'm going to start noticing bumpers. I, I'm I'm expecting to see a a clean square place on the back of a bumper where somebody's pulled off their Biden Harris sticker. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty bad in your own party. Yes, really bad. So as long as Uncle Joe gets his daily ice cream cone and somebody changes his depends, that's all that really matters. Well, he's got like a two hour day at best. I mean, and then, and then he goes. I mean, he goes periods of time where he's just. I mean, no, nothing. Not, you don't hear anything from him. I've never seen a president be so absent before. Last week, oh, he's, that's the uh, new uh, Sandy Cohen. Uh, Cody, uh, I mean, uh, not Sandy, uh, Mandy it, Cohen. Is it Cody Kinsley? Yes, that I do, I do, do believe that is his name. Yeah. Well, he looks like he's had a haircut or either he's got pulled back in a ponytail because last time I saw him, his hair was longer than that. Um, last week, we had on Taylor Keith talking about the upcoming February 7th uh, Board of Elections, school board, board of election, talk too, too much about elections, the Pitt County School Board meeting. Uh, and again, this, is, this has to do with literature that is either required reading in junior highs and high school and also uh, reading that is just available, uh, elective reading, and some of the books in the uh, libraries that are pornographic. 
There's a story in the News and Observer today that Orange County, which is uh, safe to say a lot more liberal than Pitt County. uh, (laughs) A little bit. (laughs) Orange County High School Libraries will continue to have three books that have drawn conservative ire from some parents and politicians for reflecting an LGBTQ plus perspective they say is obscene. It is obscene. Mm, It is. It is obscene. The Orange County School Board briefly discussed three books, Lawn Boy, Gender Queer, and uh, Out of Darkness. I'm not familiar with Out of Darkness, but Lawn Boy and Gender Queer are pornographic. And uh, Yeah, I think uh, Out of Darkness, I believe, just had like very, very foul language in it, I think. I, I, I read through some excerpts. Of well, that. was that the one that uh, Taylor was Taylor, reading? I think Taylor, that's the one that Taylor talked about, I think. And uh, we, you know, he, he, we, he just used the initials. He didn't use the words. But, yeah, if, if that was the one, it was, uh, yeah, full of uh, pretty bad stuff. Um, so there, the um, board voted unanimously in Orange County to keep these books in the libraries indefinitely, Cedar Ridge High School and Orange High School. All three books are national award winners. Now, we got to make sure we mention that. These are national award winners. The board is not talking about putting genderqueer or any of these books in the hands of the six-year-olds, Vice Chair Brenda Stevens said. Oh, aren't you snarky? You know, the bottom line is these are still minors. You still have minors that are in high school. Yeah. And certainly in junior high, they're minors in middle school. As a librarian, Stephen said, I try to get books in the hands of as many people as possible because we need to learn from them. You know, I don't think you got to teach kids the F-bomb. <laughs> Somehow our sinful nature, it just comes, it comes automatically, yeah. you know? It's like when you're, when you're raising your kids, you don't need to teach them to lie. Somehow they figure that out all by themselves. I think maybe the Pythagorean theorem is a little more important than <laughs> teaching them the F bomb. Big red flag. <laughs> um, she goes on to say, "There's so much that can be learned if you read them as a whole, not taking them out of context, highlighting a line or a paragraph here or there." Lady, have you read these books? Have you seen these books? Page after page after page of uh, was it gender queer? Are illustrations of Men and boys having sexual relationships. It is pornographic. And frankly, again, I I think there's a case to be made that what you're doing is illegal. Hmm. If, If some guy came up to a little boy or a little girl in the park and started showing him the kind of stuff that's in this book, the guy would be arrested. And he should be. I'm going to be as kind as I can be. Uh, I go through Orange County a lot, and Orange County is a special place. Let's just say it. Nothing surprised me. Anything that happens in Orange Uh, County. Yeah. Hey, we got to run. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5 o'clock. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.